This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bow Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Bachman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. It's really, really not that good. Episode number 130 of the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast, right here in beautiful Sherrard, Illinois, 1600 Buckslayer Place, right here in the Buckatorium. This is the finest, and I mean finest, bowhunting podcast that's ever been recorded in Sherrard. I am Steve. In the studio is Kurt, Mark Reif, Moneybags, hey. and we've got Dustin Speck, special guest, in the studio. What's going on, buddy? Thanks for having me. You're an Eric spot, so it's kind of weird. <laughs> actually, I have, to, I have to make eye contact with you the whole time. Great. It's so. actually, uh, yeah, that's bad for Dustin. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, man. If I, if I stare into your eyes I'll too much, and go like yeah, this. no, yeah, don't, just look don't, down. Look, look at that. the massive antlers we have on the studio yes. table, and at the giant buck down there on the end. Yep. Um, this is, uh, I, I would probably the most antler we've ever had in the studio. Um, we're gonna get into this story here soon, and it's uh. Th- Follow us on Snapchat because I have our Snapchat filled with this buck that's in the studio right now. It's unbelievable. And photos and video do not do it justice at all. But we're going to get into that and talk about this deer and the history behind this buck. Um, But let's get into what we got to get into first. Uh, This podcast is brought to you by Scent Crusher. Yes. Um, Scent Crusher from the, the gear bag to the Ozone Go to the closets to the, the equipment station. Um, The new grenade. 
Yeah, the new grenade. We got one of those. There could be a giveaway coming, possibly. Mm, I don't stay know. tuned. I don't know. Not at this episode, but soon. So, so stick around. Yeah, don't, like, well, stay tuned because maybe this episode, maybe we're lying. Stick to the end to find out. Okay, I could call. We, you don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Scent Crusher, ScentCrusher.com. Uh, the podcast also brought to you by HHA Sports. HHA Sports is the finest single pin sites out there. And you've got my word, Steve, from the working class bow hunters word that they are. <laughs> Um, great products, all, you know, mo- what they say, like 99% of them are made in Wisconsin, made in the USA, awesome company, um, still made out of that original house. Like, we were there, it really It's happens. a mom and pop shop, yeah. essentially. It's weird how they pump out that many sites from like that. It was like, wow, you know, they've got some hardworking people up there, and they, uh, they're they all about Wisconsin, so. You'd think it'd be some big, like, headquarter building, mm-hmm, HHA yeah. Sports, and you walk in, it's just... No, it's a house with a big garage, mm-hmm. and uh, the whole downstairs is essentially the yeah the workstation. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do their machining like a couple miles away yeah. in a separate building, right um, there in town. Beautiful Wisconsin Rapids, man. That's a nice area up there. How many times did we say, "Oh, I love this place. Look around." Yeah, we're looking yeah. at the timber up there. Like, man, <laughs> beautiful northern timber. Like, it, yeah. that's like where you get into like real Wisconsin north country yeah, timber. The, you know, yeah, into the yeah. bluffs. And yep. Stuff. Yeah. Yep. And Scott's like. Yeah, dude, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like, like, he's like, it's all sandy. The deer aren't very big up here. He's well, like, well, we knew it would suck immediately when we went to Walmart at nine o'clock at night, tried to buy beer, and they're like, uh, no. Yeah, like, hey, don't you tell me no? I have money. They but. did have twenty five dollar hang ons, which <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of like that. I like, I'll buy cheap hang ons. <laughs> Good lord, uh, you know we couldn't uh, we couldn't live our everyday lives without protein. And where do we get our protein after we kill our deer? Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing, right there in wonderful Viola, Illinois. You know how many hollers to go down when you're going down south, 67. Viola, Illinois, the finest meat processor, and I'm saying meat, because he'll do other stuff, too. <laughs> he, doesn't, he, he, he doesn't do, like, he specializes in deer, but, um, yeah, Viola, Illinois, um, the finest place in, in western Illinois, eastern Iowa, if you can make it there. Um, go give Scott a call. He should be done with some deer. We'll get him on for an episode. Yeah, he's soon. almost done. He's going to come in for an episode. We got a couple of giveaways um, coming coming along with Smiths too. So mm-hmm. uh, stick around. We're going to make you like our Facebook page and tag three friends because everyone's oh, yeah. doing it. Yeah, this is right. what we what's what's <laughs> yeah what's in. That's what we're going to do. And you know when you um after you drop so you know during hunting season and you'll probably do this next year. You shoot your deer. Shoot one deer with a bow, then you got to sell that bow because that's how you got to do it, and you got to go get a new one. So after you drop your deer off, you keep driving down South 67, and you're going to veer off a little bit. You're going to go to Biggsville, and you'll be in that area, and you're going to ask where 164 Outdoors is. We're going to get on Highway 164, and you're going to go in there and see Ross. 164 Outdoors, we're proud to partner with. Ross is a great guy. You're going to... He sells elites in like the in between. <laughs> Just talk about what it is. It's it's a it's a bow shop. All right, we know how to get there now. I'm trying to paint the picture like this. When you read a Stephen King novel, does he tell you how it ends right away? No, you got to lead the people in. But he sells elite bows, um, Scott releases, and various other things. Go check him out. Uh, the the brand new elite bows are there. He's got uh, the option six, option seven, the tempo, uh, and I think he had the emerge in there. Um, yeah, we did episode a pod- 128 we did there in his uh, 164. In, I was going to say in the 164 Outdoors studio, yes. but it's kind of <laughs> just a bow shop. It's um, a bow, bow studio. Bow yeah, studio. Bow studio. That's exactly <laughs> it. Um, but, yeah, it was a good time. Ross is a good dude, and uh, yeah. I, people really like Ross when he does podcasts, man. I think they just 
it, it is what it is. You get what you get when Ross is on the episode. You that's who Ross is. He's not exactly on the show. He brings his crown royal in, and we have a great time. <laughs> that's that's dude drinks do. a lot of crown royal. He might be with <laughs> us at the Iowa Deer Classic this year. Oh yeah, um, him and Austin Chandler. Oh, and that'd be good. Austin Chandler will be on a podcast. Well, he was on the last podcast, mm-hmm. one sixty four, and he's a studly stud. Dustin, you know Austin? No, I feel like you. No. I feel like do you know people, Ross? Yeah. I, yeah, I've heard him on here once or twice. Okay, yeah. I feel like all people who kill monster deer consistently just know each other. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, but don't forget, uh, check him out on Facebook. One sixty four outdoor outdoors, great bows, great beard, great service. 164 Outdoors, Bigsville, <laughs> Illinois. You can't just like claim that as a statement. That's not really true. Whatever. If it catches. Do you have a vet shout-out? Uh, I'm going to do Dark Horse Lodge because um, they're moving forward. Um, Kohler Electric is going to be setting up uh, – or Kohler like, products. Um, they're going to be uh, donating a bunch of stuff for the lodge. So that's super cool. Um, things are moving forward. DarkHorseLodge.org. Going to be a peaceful retreat for combat vets. Um, check them out. They're on Facebook. I don't think they're on Instagram yet, but you can go check out their website, darkhorselodge.org. Donate to them. You know, help out the guys who uh, who defended your freedom. They'll be able to hunt, fish, hang out, share some stories. They could use their donations. You guys are going to go be buying stuff on Amazon. Or, you know, if you didn't get anyone anything for Valentine's Day, you know, you're still kind of, hey, I'll get her something on cheap. Smile that Amazon. Select Dark Horse Lodge and look at a percentage of your purchase. And thanks (laughs) for supporting them. They do a great foundation. So thanks, Steve, for the vet shout-out. Yeah, hey. Moving right along. Kurt knows the deal. After eight minutes of advertisement and bullshit. (laughs) Well, we got to get through. We got to, you know, we got to help out those who help us. Not bullshit, but you know what we're saying. Everyone listens like, get on with it. Come on. Just get through it. We're here to podcast and talk about deer and antlers and everything else. This is where you come in, Dustin. I think Dustin (laughs) wanted to hear us talk about us some more. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) Um, You brought with a pile of antlers, um, all related to the same deer. Um, We can start this story wherever we want, but first I think we should talk about maybe you a little bit and um, maybe where you're from. You don't get a – I don't know if if where you're from gives away where you hunt. You don't got to say that, but you're from Illinois. We'll we'll go with that general area from (laughs) Illinois County, Illinois. (laughs) And – just outside of Chicago, right? <laughs> yeah, right on the suburbs. Attaboy. Yeah. That's where I shot this deer. Hey, you shot him in the in the suburbs yeah. of it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's perfect. Right in uh, Love's Park or whatever, isn't that? Yeah. That sounds like a Chicago yeah. suburb. What's that, Millennial Park? Is that one with that giant jelly bean? Yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> Chicago, but yeah. I so. stay out of that town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except Good when call. you're hunting deer. Yeah. Yep, don't right. go there. Yeah, don't go there till October 1st. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good call. So... You're from Illinois. That's a plus. Um, you look like you're from Illinois, so that's kind of cool too. <laughs> did you did you grow up here your whole life? Yeah, I'm well originally from Anawan. That's where I went to high school, and I live in just north of Anawan, like ten miles. Okay. So, yep. Just outside the Quad Cities for yep. people not from our area. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Mark has known you. Um, we're mutual friends, technically, you know. And Mark's done a lot of your taxidermy work, and Mark has always told me about you and sent me pictures of the deer you shoot. And I'm like, holy crap, who is this guy? (laughs) So we finally connected and you're here in the studio. So I kind of just maybe give a little bit of background on some of your bow hunting experience. And then we can kind of get into wherever you want to take this episode. So, yeah, I guess I started hunting when I was probably 12 years old. Uh, Shotgun hunting is how I started. Mm -hmm. I think everybody kind of started out that way and then started bow hunting the next year and 
I was hooked. So been doing it ever since. What uh, I want to I want to get to know you as a person. What kind of bow do you shoot? Uh, Hoyt. Okay. Yep. Okay. Hoyt that Spider. Bow. He's on the right. He's, oh, you shoot yeah. a Hoyt Spider? <laughs> yep. And the, yeah, been shooting that since it's new. Yeah, I'm kind of a big Bill Winky fan. So ever since yeah. I've been watching his shows since '08, since they started, and I've been Hoyt ever since. So. Bill Winky is the man. Yeah, I've probably watched every single episode since it started. Have you ever Have you ever met him? Uh, one time I met him at the Iowa Deer Classic. That's that's where yep. we met him. He's I, a lot taller in person. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't yeah. he just like reek intelligence? Yeah, like you talk to him and you're like, he's just he's an idol. Like he just yep. carries like this aura yep. of whitetail knowledge. I don't think he listens to the show. <laughs> so I would guess. Maybe. I just like him because he seems like a real down to earth guy, mm-hmm. real humble guy. Right? You know, for sure, for yeah. sure. So how many deer, I mean, I don't really know where to even go with it because I'm kind of mind cramped from these monster sheds in here. Like I (laughs) automatically just want to go to this story, but, um, so you've been, you started out gun hunting and then, you know, obviously that transfers into bow hunting. Um, how how old are you when you started bow hunting? And I guess I would ask how old you are now, but that's kind of rude, but just take us, give us a little bit of that. Yeah. I started, I think the first year I got gun tags was Oh two. Shot my first deer in 03 with a gun, and then I started bow hunting that year, 03. And I think the first one with my bow would have been, like, 2005. So about, you're about the same exact yeah, timeline as me, except yeah. you just do a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, what started getting you to, um, you know, keep hunting and pick up a bow? Was it you could just hunt more, or did you just really enjoy it? I just enjoyed it. I mean, I'll never forget. The first deer that I ever shot with my bow was just a little button buck, and it took me three years to get one. And once I got one with a bow, it was just... I just absorbed as much knowledge. I read books and magazines and right. Do and you then now have it's, said now books? It's, now it's social media, you know. So it's just yeah, everything. It's, yeah, it's constant easy. information. Yep. yep we, we, we'd sure. like to borrow those books if you still have them. So we can <laughs> shoot deer like this too. Where was the turning point where you felt that you went from being a kid that shot deer to being a kid or a guy that? killed big deer on a consistent basis or where was like that main turning point in your hunting career where you're like it clicked where you started to figure things out a little bit i mean really when i started watching midwest whitetail Mm -hmm. and started educating myself more that's when i really started filling myself with knowledge about deer management and letting deer walk and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff and then probably a couple years after that that's when i really got serious about it like around 2009 2010 i think sure do you, you feel that people overcomplicate deer hunting a little bit? Probably, yeah. yeah. I think people think too much sometimes. Yeah, because I've read uh, Bill Winky's book, uh, the, the the Creeks and Ditches, all about entry and exit, and uh, he, he basically it almost brings you back. To like, okay, if it looks <clears throat> like a football play, your entry and yeah. exit or your game plan to kill a deer, it's too much. Yeah. You know, maybe it doesn't need to be that complicated. You got to think about a lot of wind direction. and Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I think that's probably one of the number one things that's made me successful is figuring out how to get in and out of my stands without bumping deer. What are some, that, like, things that you picked up or things that you do that maybe a listener might pick up on or learn something from? Um, getting permission from neighboring landowners to access your ooh, property if it's a larger piece. You know, that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Not going through thicker areas of the property you hunt right 
I um, think we literally just, I think that was the big secret that a lot of guys don't ever tell is like, get permission, like, hey, uh, Lander, can I just walk here so I don't bump deer out yep. of here? Yeah, that uh, was- I've got permission from three different landowners around the property that I hunt to be able to get the stands that I have. And if I couldn't do that, I, I could hunt them, but I'd be bumping deer. It'd be. I- how do you, can I get a little secret? How do you how do you take care of those landowners? You just ask. You don't do anything, or just just you know be courteous. Most of them are farmers. You know, I grew up on a farm, so I know farm talk. I know how to talk sweet talk. I'm I guess mm-hmm. so, sweet talk, sweet corn, most sweet of corn them, talk. Yeah, you know, when I first try to get permission, I usually just bow. You know, I just mm-hmm. say, "Hey, I'm bow hunting." Right. And when you when you talk to them about bow hunting, getting permission, it's completely different than shotgun. You know, they yeah. kind of calm down a little bit. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, it's not dangerous. That was was one of the cool things I was going to bring up because I went out with Dustin a couple times and hunted a spot this year late season, and there's an irrigation ditch that goes down towards the river, and I found out that he goes around on the other guy's property and actually takes a canoe Mm -hmm. and goes across this irrigation ditch in a canoe. And I thought, boy, that's pretty smart, you know, a great way to get in. I try right. I try to walk creeks and enter from the, you know, in and out the best ways. But mm-hmm. I thought, boy, that's a pretty great idea. Well, that is, too. I mean, there was a property I used to hunt growing up, um, more central Illinois, and there was a lake there. And part of it was, you know, prime time area. But well, to get to it, one of the guys would take a John boat in there yeah. in the morning in the dark and slip in. He killed 170 inch a couple of years ago in there. And it's just entry and exit is important and it's something that you know i knew that in my head but i never really like broke it down like after reading that book it kind of changed it like Mm. okay like it's too complicated here where am i going in where am i going out where are the deer yeah and or where are the deer coming from or going i guess is kind of what you need yeah you guys you guys are putting too much into it man i'm trying to just pour parking pads (laughs) right under this right under my things down everyone (laughs) (laughs) hey we got we got to reel in everybody so entry and exit would you say that's number one? Yeah, that's definitely mm-hmm. the number number one thing that's made me more successful. So let's break it down then. If, number two, if you had to name one thing for that it's changed the way it changed your success, uh, having a good pair of binoculars. Really, I've, yeah. the property that I hunt just kind of give a description about it. It's a pretty large piece of property, but it's flat, completely mm-hmm. flat from one end to the other, and it's all WRP land. So okay, it's all just grown up, you know thick patches of willows here and cottonwoods and then there's uh native grasses in between Mm -hmm. and so it's you know you can see a long Mm -hmm. ways right so you can really see deer and i've i've seen more deer with binoculars than i'll ever see with the naked eye Mm -hmm. so you said wrp is there any difference between that and crp yeah crp would be conservation reserve Mm -hmm. program and wrp is wetlands oh okay okay all right i i just i've never really heard anybody talk about i've always heard people like yeah it's kind of like a swampy area yep yeah people okay. might call me um an idiot for this i always thought crp was crop reduction program like <laughs> just to let stuff grow so well, like wildlife could do its yeah. thing it is in a sense yeah, yeah it's not yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that they corn that non-native corn thank you for not making me feel like a complete <laughs> idiot just um <laughs> you know i got i got lucky there's this piece of property that i picked up that usually where the deer are there's a, a big field like it, it's weird you have to walk through a field so you know, my need for not for not needing binoculars is kind of nice. You know, if I'm walking out there, there's deer in the field. Well, I can just walk right on back. You know, I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna bump them out of there. But I mean, that's a that's a big piece is you know being able to kind of. It's see. so funny right now. Like for the listeners, if you could see sit in my seat 
and look to the left and see Dustin just full blown knowledge, big butt killer. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then look right across the table over the salt rock, past the monster sheds, right at Steve. It's and uh, just empty. I mean, it's just it's, he's there. He sure is. I established the Mike Tyson dominance over Dustin. When I looked him in the eyes, he looked down. I knew I won the fight. No, he's going, How the hell do I get out of here? He's like, All right, yeah, guys, I know I wanted to talk about chasing this deer for seven years or something like that but that yeah we'll wrap it up maybe next time let's transition to this buck now um yeah i want to know the story so much i mean you're welcome back anytime for another podcast we can discuss anything else you want to talk about it might have to to be two parts we could do that we could we'll see how long it goes i guess you can do your thing so i don't know where do you you want to start with this deer um if we should talk about the buck of how he is physically what the deer is and then tell the story or what we should do. I'll, I'll start I, the story. Let me start this. All right, yeah, let's, <laughs> yeah, let's go ahead. All right, I'll make it quick. Uh, I actually have a good buddy from high school that um, his cousin is a friend of Dustin's, and so he brought me a big deer one time, and then he started telling his friends out where Dustin lives, you know, that I did taxidermy. So Dustin came over, and a good friend of his, Josh Wolf, came over and brought me some things, and I started to see the deer that Dustin brought me, and I'm like, dude. What is going on here? How are you killing all these big deer? Mm-hmm. So we kind of, you know, we'd stand around the shop and talk for an hour and a half, you know, and just chat about deer. And so I kind of realized, you know, so he's got a good spot. He knows what he's doing. He's figuring out how to get in and out, mm-hmm. and watching these deer from a distance and then moving in on them. So we started to kind of talk about, well, a lot of <laughs> different big bucks. But this one in particular, we talked about it for a number of years. He's like, I ask him every once in a while, you seen 8-plus lately? You still got 8-plus so showing 8 up? So 8-plus is the name yeah. of this deer. Yeah. 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 And I'll, I'll get into it, how he got the name so then, when okay. we get there, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yep. yeah, I think, so, Mark, I've known this deer longer than I've known you. You have, yeah. yeah. That's what I found out. Yeah, that's kind of where <laughs> I was going. We'd talk about it, and he said, oh, I got so much history with this deer, so... Basically, I guess start with that history. Where where'd you first start running into this deer? Yeah, I guess I'll just start at the beginning. So the first year I would have known about him would have been 2010, and I was I was just seeing him a couple different times. I was seeing this really nice eight pointer. He was probably like 130 inches. Now I didn't even know at that time when I was seeing him if I was going to even shoot him or not. Like right. Six years ago. That's nuts to yeah. think about. And that I knew, was six years seven. ago. Well, oh now yeah, it would be. I knew at the time. Well, when I first started seeing him, I knew he was at least three and a half. Mm-hmm. He might have been four. I wasn't 100% sure. I told myself that year, I was like, if I get a good, you know, like 20-yard nice chip shot with my bow, I'll take a shot at right. it. And the the first encounter I would have had with him that year, close encounter was like November 7th or something. Mm-hmm. I had him come in, fall on a doe, and he came to like 20 yards, and I, I drew back, and my bow, my top limb was hitting my bow hanger. Oh. And I couldn't shoot. <laughs> so I had to let back down, and he went behind, followed the doe behind my stand, went into a thick patch of brush, and bedded down like 50 yards away with his oh. doe for like an hour and a half. <laughs> that bow hanger saved a great story. Yes. That bow hanger was the worst thing that could have ever happened to you for six more years. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he was bedded down that doe and then they ended up getting off getting up and they just went the opposite way mm-hmm. away from me yeah and the second time i had a chance at him was like two days later i i ended up rattling him in to about 40 yards and i did back then i just didn't feel comfortable shooting that far so i ended up letting him go and then that was basically the end of the 2010 mm-hmm. as far as chasing him mm-hmm. so 
2010. Justin <laughs> the deer, and it's 2000. You killed this deer in 2016, which is Good insane. Lord. So that's 2010 in the books. Did I mean? Did you kind of forget about this deer, or is he a deer that stuck in your head type he, of thing at this point? That year, I wouldn't say he was a deer. Yeah, that really definitely wasn't the biggest deer on the farm that year. But then 2011 come around, and I started getting pictures of him in like early October, I think. And you want to hand me that shed, Mark? This is the last shed down at the end of the studio table in a line of sheds. So, yeah. I'll have you guys I don't know. have any sheds from 2010. Never did find any that year. But this was the next year, 2011. And I got the first picture, yeah, like I said, early October. And I was like, oh, I was like, that's that eight-pointer uh-huh. from the year before. It's the, it's the same deer. And then I got another picture of him like two weeks later. And I had a really good view of his right side when I got the picture. And you could see this little kicker Kick, there yeah mm-hmm. kicker off his yeah. g2 it probably wouldn't even count but I, I looked at it and i said oh i was like it's that eight pointer and i was like plus he's got one point mm-hmm. eight plus never never would have thought he was gonna live to be eight plus years old yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> so, yeah interesting and, and here in what's this two, 2011 this shed yep he's probably already what kurt one I, 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 close to 150 maybe i would say if you match the other side i'd say 148 yeah, yeah. I, was, yeah. I was gonna say 140 because this yeah. one was 155 as a as a four-year-old year. as far yeah. as you knew I, yeah i would say that with the spread i mean we on our snapchat i killed a hundred and even 100 and you think he netted like 148 as a clean eight pointer like almost no deduction and we put my 150 inch eight next to dustin's buck and it just looks <laughs> yeah. unreal yeah it's uh it you have to get on there and look we'll, yeah. we'll post some pictures on our social media and stuff after yeah. the episode goes up but it it's insane it's got major major mass i mean it's just ridiculous it, yeah it's crazy um, we'll, we'll, we'll probably do after the podcast, Dustin, if you're cool, I'll probably do like a little video just with my phone of you, maybe showing the sheds off. Then we can post it up so the listeners can see after the episode yeah. goes up. Yep. So that's 2011 is that shed. That's where he gets his name eight plus. So yeah, that year got his name eight plus and I started seeing him quite a bit. I'm trying to remember everything here. Um, the first time. I laid eyes on him. I remember it was October like 30th or 31st, right around Halloween. Mm -hmm. And I saw him way, way off in the distance. And he was actually pretty close to another stand that I had. Mm -hmm. And when I last lost sight of him, he was probably 200 yards away from that stand. And the wind was going to set up good that night to go sit in that stand. So I was like, well, that's the one I'm going to go sit in. And I, I rattled like 45 minutes for the end of legal time. And sure enough, here he come. And he came right to me. And the, the stand is sitting on a, on a ditch with some trees on it. Mm-hmm. And then he, he's straight south of me. I assume he was bedded down when he heard me. And he's coming, coming right at me, comes right to the opposite side of the ditch from me, mm-hmm. 30 yards away. And he makes a scrape underneath this hedge tree. And I couldn't shoot until he got out from behind the tree. And he was getting ready to walk out from behind it, and I drew back, and he just wouldn't take that extra step. Right, mm-hmm. which and, is a common thing. Yep. <laughs> he turned around, he just started walking straight away from me, and I let back down, and he got like 100 yards away, and I tried grunting at him, you know, a desperate attempt. Yeah. Uh, he gave you the old middle finger, didn't he? Yeah. 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 He, just, he just looked back like this, and 
I think when he came in, he just didn't see the deer that was making the noise. Right. Made that scrape to mark his territory, turned around and went the other way, and the grunt just wasn't going to do anything. <laughs> he was like, I'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, later, dude, not worried about it. So that was 2012? 11. 11. Okay. Okay. Yep. And then I had, so that was October 30th, 31st. Then I had another encounter with him. It was like first week in November, like a week later. I had actually, it was a morning hunt, and I saw him out in the middle of the WRP, watched him bed down, and I could see his rack up above the weeds. And I actually (laughs) tried to stalk him, and I got to within like 30 yards, and long story, I got busted and Mm -hmm. gone. So are thirty you, yards is good though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Are you constantly getting getting pics of him on on trail cams, or is it just kind of? I the... really never had like hundreds and hundreds of pictures of him. It was always just one or two a year. Is about all. I okay, ever so which, you knew he would which, still be alive. Think yep. about that to our listeners. That's actually a really comforting thing because it shows. People think, I feel like they fall back on their trail cams as the final word. That's yeah. not the case. Yep. It's the final word of what's in front of that tree at the angle you had mm-hmm. your camera at. Well, and another thing, too, I think, is when you start getting a history with a deer like this and he shows up every year, if he was there the year before mm-hmm. on your farm in the fall, there's a pretty good chance he's going to be there the next year. Right, mm-hmm. right. I think people lose sight of some of that and, and re- maybe rely too much on trail cameras for that because – I get, I get that way. We're all guilty of it. I'll get one or two pictures of a big buck. I'm like, oh, he just strolled through once. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, but maybe not. He yeah. could be living there for 10 years. Yeah. I always tell myself, you know, if I'm not getting a lot of good pictures, like it only takes one deer one time. Yeah. yeah. Bam. For You're sure. In the game. Definitely. So we that this is still within 2011. Uh, yep. 20, 2012. 2011. Oh, 2011 we're in. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And that was, see, that year, that was it. That was the two I had. I saw him a couple other times that year, but nothing close. So twenty twelve would be that one with the drop. Okay, yeah, here he is. This is Mark picking up a giant shed around the lava lamp with the uh, <laughs> rope on it. Hey, you want to hand me a soda, Steve? Anyone else need a soda here in the studio? Dustin, you need a new um, soda. Steve just gave me one. Oh, right. good. Mark, you Opening want a soda? Still hammering my Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this would be twenty twelve, and I. I got the first picture I think I got of him was right around October 30th on a scrape. And he had that little drop tie. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, there's about a, was it two, three inch yeah. curve drop tie off the, it's, a, it's the left shed of this buck. Yep. Yep. And you can just see the genetic, it just, it's undeniable. And yeah. that's the question we talked about before the podcast. I was talking at work today. Oh yeah, there's we got you know I was telling someone about the episode we're doing. He's been watching this deer every year, and some guys like, "How do you know it's even the same deer?" Like, didn't believe me. Yeah, I'm like, well, it's undeniable. Yeah, yeah. One thing that was really noticeable about him when you looked at him through the binoculars from a distance, this G two has a real like back curve to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That okay. was really noticeable. Yeah, definitely. So this this other shed has, and isn't that a beautiful sound? The yeah, knocking of an ant on the studio <laughs> table. Um, I'm going to so, rattle here in a minute. Yeah, that's my new text uh, <laughs> text tone. Whoever someone <laughs> snipped it. Right. Yeah. So, okay, big or good drop time. It's a drop yes. time. Yep. Um, so, yeah, this is 2012, and i trying to remember. The first close encounter I had with him that year, well, I saw him, it was like Halloween. That, the fall of 2012, that last weekend of October, we had a cold front come through on October 26th. I'll mm-hmm. never forget it because I shot a doe that morning. And deer were running everywhere that week. And ended up seeing them on October 31st, Halloween day, just freaking chasing. 
you know, <laughs> doing the normal, just run around like a deer with his head cut off. And then on the <clears throat> north end of the farm that I hunt, there's a grain bin right along the road. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect spot to go up there and glass. Mm-hmm. Like all my neighbors know. Like, like you get on top of it? Oh, yeah. They're like, <laughs> no. yeah, everybody sees me there all the time, and they make fun of me. <laughs> but, what a good idea, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can. It's a really big, tall bin, and then, you know, it's really flat ground out there, so you can see, like, a mile. Really? In every direction. Yeah, yeah there's another tip in there. Utilize farm equipment for yeah. uh, glassing yep. purposes. Yeah. Yep. So I, I glassed him off that bin. It would have been, like, the first of November, or somewhere around the first week of November, and watched him bed down with a doe again and <clears throat> that year when i glassed him i couldn't see his rack above the weeds because the stuff he was in was too tall and i kind of i landmarked like I, I saw him in the binoculars i watched him bed down and as soon as i watched him bed down i physically landmarked this tree mm-hmm. off in the distance so i had like where i was on the bend where he was at and i had a tree in the distance like right. three points to reference so i got down i just started walking you know straight towards that tree and once i got to within like you know 100 yards i could finally see like a tip of his tine sticking up above the grass and long story short there the the wind was see here's him laying down like this imagine uh-huh. him right there and i'm going like this the so wind, the coming wind, in we i gotta we gotta try to explain it to the listeners yeah. <laughs> see, that's, we're, video podcasts are coming people yeah. <laughs> um Anyway, just go ahead and explain So it. I'm coming straight at him, and the wind is, like, coming from my side and blowing off to his left like uh, this. Okay. And, and I couldn't really – I couldn't come at it a different direction, like, from his downwind because then I lose my point of reference. Right, on right. Distance, then I have no idea where he's at out in the middle of this, you know, right. four-foot-tall CRP grass. Yep. So I got up there, and I got – I think I got to within, like, 30 yards of him. Well, the doe was bedded to the left of him. Okay. And she ended up being more downwind. Uh, and she caught my wind, got up, gone. And right when he got up, I drew back, but he was gone. He wasn't stopping. Man. It's yeah. always the chick's boyfriend that ruins yeah. you know, the <laughs> yeah. chick that ruins a good yeah. time. You just yeah. want to hang out with him. Yeah, this deer's actually got nine lives. I mean, pretty much once you yeah. hear the end of it. Isn't this the year that you shot the big wide 10, too, on your birthday? Uh, with the 2012, corn. yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the corn one you field. did the corn mount yeah. yep. what, What's your yeah. birthday? Uh, October 7th. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, oh man, two close call stocks within thirty ish yards. Yep. And back to back, back to back years. And I, then I've never even done that. Yeah. Yep. I, but my property's different. His property's though. unique. It yeah, is. You can see unique. a long way, and you can get after them. So yeah, it's gotten. I've actually shot quite a few deer spotting and stalking, none with my bow, but a lot with my gun, mm-hmm. and it's gotten a lot harder. <clears throat> because it's gotten so thick yeah oh, like yeah. The, the crp grass or the indian grass that's there now is like freaking seven foot tall yeah. uh, native so, american grass yeah yeah or politically correct. <laughs> okay. oh, we don't do that here in, on this podcast i'm sorry uh, indigenous grass <laughs> <laughs> all right so thank you steve yeah, yeah thanks to, for that yeah. i to, have to be politically correct so back to you 2012 we're at yeah so i had another encounter that year as well it would have been it was the late muzzleloader season and it was completely kind of different part of the farm. And I was sitting in the morning. Wait, I'm trying to remember here. No, I had two more encounters. After this that. was a long time ago for our listeners yeah. out there. Yeah, so 2012, it would have been second shotgun. I watched him bed down. I actually watched him breed a doe. 
That really? Yeah, I watched cool. him breed a doe, Weird. and I watched him bed down, and he was in a really good position to do a stalk that morning. Mm-hmm. And I was going to try to get my sister on him, mm-hmm. and she was at school that morning, and I was waiting for her to get back from school to come and try to do a stalk on this deer. Well, in the meantime, he ended up leaving. And right. So that was second shotgun, and then the following weekend, <clears throat> muzzleloader season, same tree stand. I watched him come all the way across the same field, and that year there was there was a double drop tine running around the farm, and he was with that buck. <laughs> with them? Yep, with him. They were traveling together, and they bedded down almost in the same general spot where mm-hmm. he, he had the weekend before. Him and the drop tine buck were bedded like probably 100 yards apart. Hmm. Really? Yeah, so... I got down and tried to do a stalk, and I got to within, like, 70 yards, and I wanted to shoot the drop tine one, of course. Of course, course yeah. <laughs> and, but he was, 8-plus was the first buck that I saw, and got to within 70 yards of him, and I, I must have made some extra movement or something. He saw something, cued him off, took off running, and I took a running shot at him and completely missed. and then i ended up seeing why i I had assumed that i missed Uh, there was no blood no hair nothing you know i looked and looked and looked for a couple hours and didn't find nothing yeah and then a couple weeks later bow hunting i saw him come out of that same patch of weeds where he had bedded down out of a different stand and he was limping Mm. and i thought oh man did i hit him you know i I wasn't 100 percent sure Mm -hmm. but then I didn't see him again, then ended up neighbor found that shed, so I knew he lived, and now we're on to 2013. Crazy, man. <laughs> so how many gray hairs do you have at this point <laughs> from this deer? Enough. Is yeah. this deer at this point, like, heavy on your mind? Like, you had these encounters, this story already at this point. Yeah. It, are you thinking about this deer, or is it just kind of like a whatever type of thing? No, I, just... I Well, 2012, I think, was probably when I started thinking about it more because I had shot a decent one on the 7th, so I could only shoot one more buck, so it's like, <laughs> right. it's 8 plus or nothing. Right. Yeah. So so that's the year you started drinking, then, I'm, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking a guess here. <laughs> so this deer's weighing on your mind pretty heavy at this point. You've had all this ex- encounters, and you probably are starting to feel like you're closing in. Yeah. Felt like it, but after yeah. three years, yeah. well, boy, do we have a fun more story for you. So what are we on, 2013? Yeah, another thing to note, too, he was the biggest bodied deer I've ever had the chance to hunt. This year, when I when I shot him, when I came up to him, he was really rutted down. He probably field-dressed 210, 200. Oh, really? But I, I'm sure in his prime he would have field-dressed 240, 250. Really? Yeah, yeah, he had to be 280 on the hoof. So how old is he... We just got done with the 2012 story, right? Okay, so how old was he in 2012, do you think, at this point? Well, if my estimates were right, and if, if he would have been four and a half in 2010, so that would have made him six and a half in 12. Yeah. He was either five or six, one of the two. Wow. Yep. Which is 100% fully mature. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're coming into 2013. You're thinking probably this is the year... <laughs> Every year I thought Eight was the plus. year. <laughs> well, but this is this is like you're like if it gets gotten too close, you're about to lay lay the smack down on eight points candy ass. What happened in twenty thirteen? So what I say? Eight points. Oh, eight eight plus. Yeah, that's what I meant. So yeah, and, and twenty thirteen is when he got a little bit more funk. Mm-hmm. He had this little 
split there off his G3. He had this little kicker off that two. Yeah. And if I remember right, his left side had this same kind of similar kicker, kicker off the G2. Kind of yeah. had this little flat. This know, buck is very mass is there, and he's very like curvy in his beams and very flowy with his tines. It's a, a very unique deer. I've never it seen is. a deer that compares yeah. to it, honestly. Yeah, yeah and you yeah. really had these tip up main beams yep. on the end, like yeah. a bobsled type beam. Because yeah. yeah. okay. when he was laying. You know when they when they were soft, he was. No, I'm just with you. I almost watched Dustin punch you just now. <laughs> His G2 always has some really cool character to it. Yeah, it does. It's always yep. bladed and got points off it, and almost flat on the sides. Yeah, it's really cool. G2s. Crazy. So 2013. Yeah. I want so, to know about this. Yeah, Wait. 2013 was a really weird year. I think the first pictures I had of him were like mid October on a scrape, and I think I saw him from a distance like during first let's see yeah first shotgun season like opening morning i saw him from a distance and then like the second day of first shotgun i got into my stand at like it was like noon or one in the afternoon or something and as soon as i get up in there and i get all settled in i look behind me and there's eight plus chasing this doe mm -hmm. like 300 yards away middle of the day Right out in the wide open CRP, chases her into this thick little patch of willows, probably not even a half of an acre patch of willows. Mm -hmm. And right as soon as he ran into there, I just kept my binoculars like right on it, just, you know, trying to see if he came out, figure out which direction he goes. Well, he never did come out of there. So I got this wise idea that I'm going to, I got hold of two of my buddies. And I said, Hey, let's try to push this little patch. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I was like, I think it can work. So I, I got down and I got over there and I got set up like a hundred yards from this willow patch. And then my two buddies came over and they basically, they kind of came at the willow patch from either side coming towards me. Right. And Josh, he was the first one that actually came up on, on the patch of willows and the doe, the doe got up first. Mm -hmm. He got within like 40 yards of him. The doe got up first. And then eight plus stood up and he's standing 40 yards away broadside and he raised his gun to shoot at him while my other buddy was straight across from him. And he, he's all he's Josh said, all he's seen in the crosshairs was orange. Oh, <laughs> so he couldn't yeah. shoot. So eight plus then begins to start running and he starts taking a running shot at him. And then he run towards my other buddy and he takes a couple running shots at him and i can <laughs> i can see eight plus off in the distance i can see his rack bouncing up and down through the weeds yep and he just keeps on around i'm like oh they missed you know i can just i just knew they missed <laughs> this <laughs> deer's just been shot at at this yeah. point oh yeah yeah, yeah. he's and, as educated as he well maybe not i don't know the rest of the story yeah. he's super educated or maybe maybe not well and you know how it is shooting at a running deer yeah. it's hard yeah i mean it's really hard eight plus lives yeah <laughs> yeah so he takes off running basically east and i live uh just down i only live like a mile and a half from the property where i hunt mm -hmm. and you got to go around this big curve in the road and then you go like another half to three quarters of a mile and there's my house well where i live it's my grandma's farm and a couple of my cousins, they hunt that farm. Mm -hmm. And the same day that we were doing this push on eight plus, they were doing a deer drive on my grandma's farm just down the road. Mm -hmm. So we got done, you know, 
did that little push with eight plus, you know, it didn't work out, whatever. We're done hunting for the day. I'm just going to go home. So my buddies, they go out ahead of me. They're a little ways ahead of me. They get to my house and I'm behind them a little ways. And I come around this, this big curve in the road going towards my house. And I can see my, my grandma's timber in the distance where my cousins are doing this deer drive. Right. And I see a buck coming or a deer coming out of the timber coming at me. I'm like, oh, wow. I was like, holy cow, that's a big buck. Coming at me, coming at me. I'm like, holy crap. I was like, it's A+. Plus. <laughs> he, we and, we Stomped and, on the accelerator. <laughs> so what must have happened is we bumped him, and he ended up running over to that timber, and they were doing a deer drive at the same time, and they pushed him out. And he oh, back. yeah. Oh, shit. Wrong way. <laughs> yeah. And he, get, he, he, gets, he gets like 40 yards off the road and sees me in the truck and just slams on the brakes. And just stares at me. Oh, yeah, because he knew who you yeah. were. He's like, oh, this yeah. dude shot he at me did. like five times. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I'm and good. He ain't going to hit me. He actually, when he saw me, then he turned around. He starts going back to where he came from. Are you like, oh, no, I'm don't. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, turn around. No, 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 the other way. I'm trying to save your life so I can kill you later. <laughs> so, yeah, then I whatever happened, he went back there. But then he ended up coming back, obviously, because then we ended up finding the sheds two years later. So, wow, that's yeah, a great that story. Was nu- it was nuts. Like when I seen him coming at me, I was, and he put the brakes on and just stood there and looked at me. I was like, this is insane. So this deer is just <laughs> rotting you. Right oh, now. Yeah. Your brain's yeah. just hurting about this deer. So <laughs> this that's 2013. Mm-hmm. 2014. You're checking. You knew he was alive. 2014. Dustin picks up another shed off the studio table. Have you guys so know? That, yeah. yeah, that 2013 year those sheds we didn't find until the spring of 15 okay they had sure. sat there for a year so okay. i didn't like i didn't find the sheds in the spring and then i knew he was alive i didn't know he was alive till the next fall gotcha yeah, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. right which has to be stressful yeah a little bit <laughs> <laughs> all right so so we're here at 2014 yeah so in 2014 then i had a picture of him gosh it would have been late mid to late october and he, he was a seven-pointer that year. The right side just didn't have a G3 on the right side. So basically, you know, kind of the same same rack as he had the year before, mm-hmm. really similar. And I had actually, the field the previous year where I had seen him chase that doe and bed into that willow patch, the middle of that field I, I planted about a two-acre soybean food plot kind of for him right and my my spoiled he yeah. was. <laughs> my thoughts were okay uh, i'm either gonna shoot him during the rut when he's falling a doe to come to the soybean plot to feed or i'm gonna get him in the late season yeah mm-hmm. and that november november of 2014 was a really cold november for that year mm-hmm. we had some snow in november and i was hunting would have been november 17th and it was like a high like in the teens that day and deer just started pouring into my food pot there right at the end of legal time. And I couldn't I couldn't get out. Yeah, did you yell at him? That's not for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. for you. That's for That's your for, big brother. Yeah. <laughs> and so I called my cousin. I said, hey, you know, drive your truck up here, bump these deer off the field, and come get me. That's good that you talked Which, about that. We need to mention that, too. because We talk we, about that a lot. We talk about fake howling deer off. Ross, our our buddy, which you need, we need to hook you up with Ross. You got that from Bill Winky, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We talked about that too. Uh-huh. Uh, Ross had a uh, coyote howler with him. Yep. And uh, he killed a good deer this year. Every year I say I'm going to carry a coyote howler in my vest, and then I always forget. Yeah. Oh, we, yeah. We talked about it the time we went. You're like, I might yeah. have to howl to yep. get these yep. deer out of here. Our buddy Dana, he sent me a Snapchat one time of his son 
coming up and fake howling from the road oh, to yeah. spook the deer off oh, the field. Yep, yep. And that's when he makes his exit. Or chainsaws or whatever. I was just going to say, Winky's had people use chainsaws. Off Leaf blowers yeah. and shit. Yeah. Just. Any, I mean, really anything that's going to bump the deer other than human intrusion. Right. Yeah, will, will definitely. Work, yeah. Really. Leaf blowers and shit. <laughs> Kurt's hunting strategy. Hey guys, how, how, how are we gonna? You know, we need to leaf get leaf blowers, chainsaw. How do you get leaf blowers and shit? <laughs> Two cycle. Don't the four cycle? They know something's up. Two cycle, you're good. Yep, that's right. Okay, okay. So my my cousin pulls up to the to the ground blind, and his headlights flash out across the field, and wouldn't you know, there's eight plus stand out in the middle of it. Feet. No, yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I, <laughs> and I got, we got a good look at him. He just stood there for like 30 seconds before he oh. took off. Yeah. So that's the shed you're holding right now. This yep. deer is, I mean, for the our listeners right now, this, the main beam on this buck. You guys don't is understand. Nuts. When he walked in with his deer, I, you, you know, you can go to the Iowa Classic. And you you got to go to our deer. Snapchat. It's a 150 yeah. inch eight pointer next to this deer. You will not even believe it. You yeah. won't believe it. Yeah. You'll you think. It lo- makes my 150-inch 8 look like a 125-inch yeah. 8 Hurt, yeah. like He walked in. I was like, dude, that, there was no way that is real. Because I've seen the pictures of it. But when you see it in real life, yeah. you're like, yeah. good yeah. Lord, and, man. And, and we've seen a lot of big deer. It takes yeah. something yeah. to excite us. And yeah. when, I, when he brought this thing over. I'm a measurer for Pope and Young. I've, I've measured 220-inch yeah. deer. I, I've played with some big antlers, right. man. And I got to say, this buck is very unique. Yeah. And overall, so... Yeah. This is probably why this deer is driving you nuts, too, at yeah. this point. Yeah. So you see yep. him in the field, and this is like, you know, early. Do you see him again at all this year? Yeah, so that would have been November 17th. And then I'm pretty sure I saw him that year during first shotgun season. Nothing close. And then... trying to remember here. Second shotgun season. So it was the night before. It would have been a Wednesday night, because second shotgun season always starts on a Thursday. Yep. Mm-hmm. And my roommate, he was coming home from work that night, and he gets home. And he's like, "I just saw a plus." He goes, "He just ran across the road in front of me, just down the road from my house." Mm-hmm. So I'm like trying to formulate a game plan on what I'm going to do, you know, on opening morning, a second shotgun, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to go to this such and such stand based <laughs> on where he saw him, the direction the wind's blowing." Well, I get into that stand in the morning, and I ended up seeing him probably like an hour into the morning, and he came from the exact opposite direction i thought he was going to come and he was right downwind and i don't know what i was doing if i was fiddling around on my phone or looking the other way but i i look up and i look downwind and there he is like 90 yards away and he's already got me pegged he's, yeah. already, he's already smelled me at that point oh yeah right. and it's like two seconds later whoop, but he's familiar right. with the smell so i don't yeah. know why he booked yeah yep. that's that dustin dude i know that guy. yeah <laughs> hey so you know usually when you see him like you start feeling a little warm that's satan's breath breathing on your neck <laughs> he's come on he's just tempting you do Not you wonder today. though like i wonder if this deer had some sort of like scent with like paired with you uh-huh. I, they're not that smart. You don't think so? You're, do. you're overthinking it. They know a coyote smell, man. Yeah. yeah. They got to know. They, but they, they smell into it. They can tell when it does and etra. They have to be able to smell. Well, they're wired to smell that, man. They have to be able to smell individually. Just how you're going to smell a cheeseburger before he, I will. They do different. Yeah. They do differentiate from one deer to another, but oh, I yeah. don't think they differentiate Human, from, yeah. from Dustin to Josh. Uh, they have to. Right. right. That is <laughs> they, a, it's a fact. It's they just have a stinky to. human. They know human <laughs> equals danger. Yeah. No. They, they the certain humans equal danger. That's why he keeps seeing them. Yeah. 
this one, <laughs> this one might know by now, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's, been it's been a few been years. Yeah. So, okay. Well, All right. So, back to you. So he smells you. <laughs> he smells you. He knows it's you. So, yeah, he, he takes off running. You know, it's over or whatever. And then the following weekend would have been muzzleloader season. And on the south end of the farm I hunt, there's like, it's probably 20 acres that used to be tillable land. That's We planted trees back there when it got put in the WRP. <laughs> and it's just grown up into the thickest. Na- I mean, you can't even walk through it. Mm-hmm. It's that thick. And I, I kept telling my buddies, uh, I've got to stand right on the edge of that. And it's a, th- it's a bedding area. And I, I've told them almost every year, I was like, if I get them, I was like, or if one of us gets them, I'm like, I think it's going to be out of that stand. Yeah. Like that's going to be the stand. And I put my buddy in that stand during that muzzleloader season that year, 2014, probably, I don't know if it was Friday or Saturday. I can't remember what day, but anyways, he was in that stand during an evening hunt and eight plus came out of that bedding area towards him. And I'm sitting in a different stand. Of course, you know, we're texting or whatever back and forth. And he's like, he's coming, you know, Mm -hmm. and there was a, a path like, the the stand sits on a ditch on a wooded ditch and then south of it is this 20 acre thick nasty stuff and right along the edge of the ditch i had a a, pa- a mowed path and josh said he was coming right down the path right towards him and it was like he had you know this sixth sense or whatever and he knew that he was sitting in that stand and he like made a loop around it and like went around the stand and then went about on his way really yeah <laughs> yep it was and he was just he said he could have shot him he was in range but he said it was so thick he just couldn't well he wasn't gonna shoot. walk down the trail because he knew he didn't smell you yep. i mean he could have walked <laughs> right I mean? five feet under your stand so it might not be that smart but they got that feeling maybe yeah, i mean it's weird yeah i, I don't know that's maybe crazy. he knew that stand was there and decided to circle through all this thick stuff and go down you know i was uh, check that stand just like, just like checking a scrape i read an article and I'm not, I'm not saying it's completely related but they were thinking that you know you ever have that feeling that you're being watched it's like because they think that like humans, you know, could still all be connected. They're like we can like feeling when you're being watched, like you're not wrong. And mm-hmm. so, like, if you feel like you're being, I can't, I'm it, not going to completely disagree. With it's it's different with like the NSA now because they're always in your phones and stuff. And we're so connected, <laughs> but like back in the day when you felt like you were being watched, yeah. I don't think that deer probably don't have that. Dustin, like, what's they your might. opinion? Do you think that they get that vibe or of like, or do you think he sees that stand or seen what, yeah, what do you I'm think? sure he saw him up in that stand, maybe caught a little bit extra, mo- you know, just a little bit of movement, and that was just enough to tip yeah. him off. Well, this is when know? Angry Birds hey, first came out, so yeah. Pro- no, that's probably the, the real reason. That's yeah. probably the logical yeah, right. reason. It was enough to tip <laughs> him off that something was wrong, but it wasn't enough to completely spook him, spook him and bust right. him out of that area. Yeah. But let's sure. go down the path of that deer just knew. Because <laughs> that's a more entertaining path. We don't want the real answers. Dude, watching you and Dustin talk is hilarious, <laughs> man. Shut so up, dude. funny. Yeah, he's like, look at him, dude. He's, he's going to start slamming it's beers. He's like, I'm going to choke Steve out in here in a minute. It's two different learning curves yeah. of, like, <laughs> it's great. It's like, oh, dude, I pray for the learning curve to help me pass. I hope someone else failed, too, so I can get a better grade. <laughs> Dustin, back to you, and I'm sorry that Steve yeah. is here. Well, kind of getting into that sixth sense thing winky just posted an article about that did you read that i get his emails but i haven't Uh, haven't yeah so he he gave his reasonings behind why there's no sixth sense and he gave the two reasonings were deer have he he compared it to a human being losing one of their senses 
So, like, say you lose your sense of hearing or sight, your other senses kind of become heightened. Right, right. So he said, you know, deer senses, all their senses are heightened all the time. Right. Yeah. 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 Because they don't have souls. Gotcha. So they have everything <laughs> else on point. <laughs> no, seriously, because they, they don't have conscious, so they yes, have they, to rely on scent, bit, uh-huh. sight, and hearing to live. We can be like, man, maybe I'll trust this person and maybe I'll live. They don't have to worry about that. <laughs> they were just wired different. Let's yeah. just shut up for a minute. Right, right. I get it. So okay, let, let, so let's hear it. Let, let's hear some facts. Goes right. around Josh's stand. We took you on a tangent about six cents. Yep, and uh, here we are again. So yeah, when he after the last when he saw him that night, the last direction he was going was north, and so we were, I had a food plot in the northerly direction. So I thought, well, maybe he's gonna go feed there for the night. I was like, I'll go sit there in the morning. So I sat in that stand, and he ended up coming from the north, from my right, and he was following a doe, and I tried snort wheezing at him that that morning, and. He was with a doe, so, I mean, he wasn't... He, right, he yeah. looked at me, but he kept following the doe, and he went and bedded down out in the middle of the field, and we ended up trying to do, a, like, a tandem spot and stalk. I came from one direction, and my buddy came from the other, and we tried to get where we thought he was in between us, and we ended up kind of just sitting till dark on the ground, both of us, just thinking maybe... Because he was bedded down in some tall CRP grass, right, right. thinking, well, maybe we'll just get lucky, and he'll come out, and... One of us will get a shot at him. Well, he never came out, and we never saw him. We don't know where he went. So. It's there's such a mystery, yeah. man. It, it intrigues me so much. That's why people I think are so fascinated with almost a decade long hunt. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know what I mean? That's that's it's really rare. And this was late muzzleloader season, and he's with a doe. Yeah, you know, yeah. and he goes into that patch of CRP, and when we get in there and both get kind of set up on the ground on either side of it, well. 30 minutes before the end of legal time, two smaller bucks came out of that chasing a doe. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, he's got, he's going to come eventually coming out of there. And then he never did. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of weird. Cause you know, we're seeing rutting activity and during yeah. muzzleloader season. Right. Yeah. Huh. Right. So was wow. that, was that all for 2014? Yep. I think so. And then I ended up yeah. finding this shed on that soybean food plot on like February 10th. The one planted specific, specifically, specifically, whoa, yeah. for him, yep. yeah. which is, a, hey, it worked out, right? Yeah, so, it worked out in a sense. But the whole time you've been shooting a couple deer here and there, is it, you know, it's not like you were you're, just going deerless. Yeah, good yeah. point, you know, good point. You, you were yeah. still probably a doe here yeah. and there. And a yeah, you're still pounding 100. Oh, yeah, still 190 inch deer, deer or yeah. something <laughs> like that. Yeah, I think yeah. 2012 I didn't shoot a buck. Yeah, no, hey, excuse me. That, 2012, I did, nice 2013, I did not. 2014, I did not either. So, yeah, both those years I did, you didn't shoot. You shot that big nine. That was in... 15, 14? That, what, that mass, the other massive one? Yeah. That was yeah. in 2011. And then I ended that up... That was in 11. No, was yeah. it? The one that you're going to use the cape off of for yeah. Wolfie's Shed? Yeah, wasn't that That was long? in 11, yeah. Okay, guys, I got to give you the dynamic of this relationship right here. Mark and Dustin are talking. That's purely a big buck relationship yeah, right here. No, uh-huh. two years ago, you shot a nice one, a nine, because you gave me the cape. I I came out to your house and brought it back to you, the skull. Remember? Oh, the that was 15. 
was it? That was okay. last year. Okay. 2015. So 13 yeah. and 14. Okay, I went, gotcha, no, gotcha. I went buckless. Okay. Then okay. two years. Yep. My bad. Oh, I feel so bad for you. I'm just, no, hold on. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm enjoying this yeah. talk. Yeah, like, I like I'm it. watching Dustin and, and Mark talk, and it's pure big buck, <laughs> white tail conversation. I was going to say, I know you didn't go long without killing the giant. <laughs> <laughs> that just doesn't happen much. No. Oh, everybody here, I'm playing the world's smallest violin for you. <laughs> Can you hear what, it on the new what mics? Year, let me ask you this. What year did you shoot that humongous eight-pointer that you did a year old for? I think the first time I told you how to do the euros with the bleach and stuff. The the massive one, but I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was twenty eleven, and he had the, the junk on the bases. Yeah, he was mate. Yep, God. yeah, that was eleven. The deer was almost like this, guys. It was a beast. I'm not kidding. You, you got you pictures. got pictures. Yeah. Uh, I do on uh, Facebook. Well, you don't got to pull them up right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> I'll look. I'll bring them up later. Hey, you're welcome yeah. back for many more podcts. Yeah, stories yeah. <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. We can do it in the meantime yeah. of eight plus stories. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, we yeah. should. We, you know, what we should do. We should like put two like two podcasts like to hear the end of the story. Yeah. No, yeah, in the me- in the meantime of the eight plus chronicles. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're on a 2015. 2015. Yep. So How that, you see your early season? You're like, this is the year it's done. Yeah, that. Be- <laughs> I was wrong in twenty. 20- Whatever when this started and like you're like this is it it's over. Yep. So yeah, that'd be this one right here. Mm. And I never, I didn't have any pictures of them that year. I was having bad trouble with my cameras. Batteries were dying, and yeah, I didn't have any pictures that year. But I saw him, Satan. saw him on well. So that was 2015, which would have been last season. Mm-hmm. Remember we had that big snow during first shotgun. Yep. We had yep. like nine oh, inches. Yeah. Yep. yep, that crushed yep. everybody's. Oh, in- that so made me happy. Would... It made me so happy. Yeah, so me too. It happened like, like yes. this year too uh, with the first shotgun season. It was not good weather. It, it was, was like windy. windy. If it crushed your year. season, it's because you were not sitting because it was awesome hunting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was awesome. Yeah. Like when that snow Shh. came, like holy. Yeah, God. hey, hey, don't let me take that. It was terrible hunting. So. The the storm hits. I ended up shooting a a buck. That's the nine pointer you're okay. thinking of on yeah. Friday night of first season. Mm-hmm. So then it was game on for eight plus. That's the only deer I'm gonna shoot after that. Mm-hmm. And then the Saturday morning of shotgun first shotgun was when I saw him, and mm-hmm. he was way way off in the distance, and he was with a doe, and I knew it was him right away, even though I hadn't actually, you know, noticed his rack in the binoculars yet, but just looking at him in the distance he was standing next to that doe and he made that doe look like a fawn really <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like before huge. i even put the binoculars up i'm like that's eight plus and then i put the binoculars up and i'm like yep that's him he's still alive wow that's awesome man yep. so this is when you were saying earlier in the podcast that you're guessing him to be probably in his prime body weight or this is this after <sighs> gosh i mean i would say 22 Twelve, thirteen was really his prime body year when he About was six and a half ish. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> Good <laughs> lord, this is nuts. Okay, so, so you right, know so you him, him before even looking through the binos. Yep, it was him, and he was in the general area of another tree stand. And my sister and I ended up sitting in that stand that night, and we never did see him. I don't know where he ended up being. I have no idea. We didn't see him that night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just it's nuts man it is you nuts. this is it driving you completely crazy at this point yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't I, even hunting him it was driving me crazy I oh yeah he's drinking, he's drinking a 30 pack a night even when it's not hunting season and really all those years from 
20 after 2012 i never had him in bow range i never right. never mm. really thought i was even going to get him with a bow at least i thought oh it's just gun like i'm gonna have to get him with a gun yeah right. so so we're still in 2015 yep so, and that's the first encounter you got any more after yeah, that that was first shotgun season yeah so then later on i didn't see him the rest of the weekend and then two weeks later second shotgun i sit in the same stand that my sister and I sat in during first season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can, from that stand, I can see to my south and I can see this thick bedding area. So my, my theory was, okay, if I don't see him in the morning out of that stand, like going into that bedding area or in that general general direction, I'm like, he's got to be back in there. Right. I'm like, that's got to be where he's at. So I didn't see him opening morning, a second shotgun. So I go and sit in that stand. So this is the same stand that Josh had seen him out of the previous year where yep. it's skirted, oh, yeah, yeah, skirted yeah, yeah. around him. So I, I get into that, that stand, get all set up and everything, and I do do some filming. And But that year I wasn't really – last year I wasn't filming a whole lot, but I, I always brought my camera arm with me when I was gun hunting because I'd set that up and use it as a rest. Mm-hmm. Great, and, great idea. Yep. And I got that all set up and he ended up coming. So that stand to kind of explain it a little better, when it's, it's on that, on a ditch. And then to your South is the thick bedding area. Well, the ditch runs East and West and the, the stand is positioned where you're looking to the West mm-hmm. and you go down the ditch, probably another 200 yards. And there's another ditch that kind of tees into that. Oh one. yeah. yeah. Okay. There, there's kind of a corner right there. And that ditch runs north-south. Well, that corner is just like a pinch point where deer travel in and out of that when they're right. going back to that bedding area and then coming over to the area to the north. Mm-hmm. Do they, it go in the ditch a lot? Like, are they are they in there? Because we had a guy, Clark um, Cummings, talking about, you know, how they how they kind of work that. Travel, do you notice, like, right down the middle of it? Yeah, do they tra- Do you notice them traveling right down the middle there for you? Or? The property that I hunt, they really don't, just because it's got so many blowdowns yeah. in the ditches, you know, over the years that they can't really literally go right down the middle of it. Mm-hmm. So, Which is the, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't want them down in there. You want them out so uh-huh. where they're visible. Yep. So he ended up coming right out of that corner, out of that T, and... There, I had. There's a path that I have mowed that comes right to the stand, and that's how I used to access it. Sure. But now I access it from the neighboring property because I figured out that's a lot better way. So I, I had come in down that path, and I had ranged the the trail where the deer trail went across that that mowed path. Mm-hmm. It was like 130, 140 yards. Right. So as soon as I seen him come out of that corner, I had like you know 20, 30 seconds where he's going to hit that path. And I get my gun up, get it, get it on my camera arm, get it rested. And right when he, when he hits that path, I grunted at him to stop. He looked right at me, shot my muzzle loader, takes off running and he's running and he slows down to a walk. And then he goes into, into the ditch, the ditch that runs north, south. He goes into right. that and I just lose sight of him. And I, I thought I had hit him. I wasn't like a hundred percent confident. And it was an hour before the end of legal time, so I had plenty of time to get down and Check go over the blood. Or yep, go over the spot because you know how it is looking for blood in the dark. Like, it sucks. If you can, <laughs> especially with the muzzle odor. Exa- oh, yep, yeah. exactly. If you can get to the point of impact and try to find blood before it gets dark, that at least gives you a starting point. Yep. yep. So I went over there and no blood, no hair, and 
right after he, he took off running, he has to go. There's a berm right there that when the property got put into wetlands, they built it to hold water. Mm-hmm. And he goes up and over that berm. Well, right after he got up and over it, it was standing water. Oh, really? Yeah, oh. probably like, you know, three inches deep. So he ran through that for like another 100 yards. Oh. I'm like, oh, <laughs> not going to find any blood in there, yeah. you know. And then it got dark, and I had, I had got past the standing water and looked a little bit, but I was getting close to where I'd seen him go in that ditch, and I didn't want to bump him. So I was like, I'm just going to back out and yeah. come back in the morning. So my dad went with me in the morning, and I brought my four-wheeler with. And first we started, you know, just ground truth in it, walking. Couldn't find any blood, no hair, nothing again. So we just started body searching. I got the four-wheeler out and just started going up and down back and forth on that ditch and yeah we looked for three hours and nothing not a darn not a darn thing so you're just are you just feeling so defeated at this point <laughs> well, i mean what, yeah, what's I, your mindset so i went after that i went home and uh i shot my my muzzleloader at 100 yards dead on go out to like 135 140 and i'm shooting like five inches low compared to 100 <sighs> And I, I just felt like an idiot because I was like, Dustin, you should have done that before the season, you know, and known. So right. at least that gave me confidence that I knew I missed him. Right. And, and are you aiming heart shot? Are you aiming lung? I, I remember when I took that shot, I was probably aiming a little bit lower. Right. So, I mean, I probably just barely, barely went <laughs> right underneath his brisket. Oh, man. Okay. So... <laughs> you're thinking i got him I here he is yeah. <laughs> i got a gun you're dead i even yeah. called Justin and i was like hey you know told him what happened he's like you he's like you got him you got him well no did you cry <laughs> be honest with i you. no, i didn't cry <laughs> i would have cried <laughs> it's just me i would have cried like a little baby okay so that's 2015 not, yeah not quite done yet no keep yeah. on going man. yeah keep so going. yeah that's not was, quite done yet yeah. hold on Some again. <laughs> i guess that was second shotgun and the reason i had my muzzle loader is because i had shot that buck the first season before uh-huh. and I, all i had left was an either sex muzzle loader tag mm-hmm. and you can use your either sex muzzle loader tag during second shotgun if you carry a muzzle loader right so that's why i had my muzzle loader in second shotgun man it's <laughs> I, this is nuts i've never actually personally heard the story yeah. firsthand like this yeah. so okay we're still we're still within 2015 so yeah then then the next weekend is going to be late muzzleloader season and and my buddy josh he's hunting with me and josh needs to get in on a podcast by the way yeah, yeah. he does both yeah. you guys can come in we'll do we'll do a big group podcast so i ended up I'm trying to remember how it went down we did not hunt that stand that I shot at him out of during the muzzleloader season in 15 because the wind was not right. I needed a west, northwest, and we kept – it was warm. Mm-hmm. We had a whole bunch of – it was raining all weekend. We had, like, south winds, which weren't worth a darn. But I had Josh sitting in a stand that was actually really close to where he went into the ditch after I missed him. It was right. pretty close to that spot. and he So he could see that other stand. Well, he ended up seeing him come out of that bedding area, walk right by that stand – and he texts me. He's like, he just came out of that, st- came out of that bedding area. And he goes, he just went right by that stand. He's like, he's going this direction. He's like, I'm going to get down and try to make a move on him and get in front of him. Right. So he gets down and goes to where he thinks he's getting in front of him. And 
somehow between when he saw him out of the stand by the time he got down and got over there he must have got with a doe or two other does i think it was and that that berm that i was talking about earlier runs runs the length of this timber that he was walking along and josh could see his rack up over the berm like as he's coming at him right and he's like he's like 70 yards away he's like all he's got to do is just come up and over and i got a shot at him well a coyote comes from the opposite (laughs) way and spooks him and gone the greatest coyote who ever lived yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Because if that coyote <laughs> didn't pop up. So I think that was like Friday of muzzleloader that year. So do we the, have a shed for 2015? Yeah. This one right here. Let me, I just want to hold it. Yeah. <laughs> Can you just pass that the over G2's here? The G2 is actually getting even more sexy. Yeah. It, it goes <laughs> yeah, like it forward is. then curves back and has a kicker on the outside and the inside of this yeah. G2. Just so, And the G3 is very short compared to the G2, but... Um, and the G2 is almost like a triangular shape. You, you know, this is, yeah. yeah, it's not so round as much. This, uh, points come off. This cat, Josh must be a really good friend of yours. If you're going to let him hunt yeah. where, you know, yeah. this guy yeah. still lives. Yeah. He had three chances at him over the years, yeah. three different times. Uh, it's, like he shot at him more than I did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, th- yeah, Dustin's very nice person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so was, was that a wrap I, for 2015 then? Or what's that? Was that a wrap for 2015? Um, I'm trying to remember. I think so. That was a Friday a muzzleloader when he saw him and tried to make that sneak on him, and then we got a ton of rain on Saturday, mm-hmm. and we hunted Saturday. We didn't see him, and then Sunday it rained a crap ton. And I'm like, I'm not even going out. So, yeah, I think, yeah, that was it for 15. The, these sheds are incredible. Yeah. <laughs> they're just huge. They're unlike any other antler I've ever held. Yeah. They're they're mass and just nuts. For all you baseball fans out there, I'm thinking this is a minus three, minus four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this is yeah. legal for high school. It's it's how how long it is versus how heavy it is. Yeah. That's how you get minus three drop. So we're yeah. in the 2016 <laughs> season now. To, I guess, give a little history on the sheds, too. All of them except this one right here. 2014. 2014. And then that one in 2012. So the neighbor found the one in 2012 to the east of me. But all of them were found in the same field. It's it's a big field, but, I mean, all in the same general area. Mm -hmm. So home range. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, do, do they always find? Do you always find both sides, or are these the only only no, sides that you got? I, yeah, I got them. My my wife's cousin has the right side of this one. Okay, and then I, a buddy of mine from Alito, he's got the left side of that one. So we got two match sets. Yeah, so 2015 and 20, uh, 2013 are match sets. Okay, to yep. make more sense though of this, I mean, it seems like you know, like if you have 150 acres and stuff like that, or 200 acres, it might be harder to get this much history with the deer but i will say it, it's like a thousand acre square yeah it's pretty right? piece of yeah something like that yep, so i mean chunk. it's the deer you know he's got plenty of places to roam and still be on this ground where dustin right. can maybe but you, but you find think the of a, sheds but obviously they travel well yeah you well, think yeah. of a deer's range a thousand acres really isn't that big it's, no, it's, it's nothing it's nothing to watch a deer on that property go watch him walk a mile yeah. In five minutes. Right. Because right? it's so yeah. flat, you can yeah. watch them walk yeah. a mile, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. It is very cool. You probably learn a lot. Oh, and yeah. that's yeah. probably how this deer lived for so long, you know? If well, you the think the hunting it. ground I grew up on, to give a complete opposite of what you hunt, it's 
three ravines and nothing but timber. I never had any yep. crop on it. So, I mean, all the bucks I've killed are straight hardwoods timber bucks, you know. Yep. And the real deal is yeah, that, puts it. That's all I've been hunting since I started is just, you know, little patches of timber, ditches, tree right. lines. You know, there's there's a little bit of, you know, big timber around me, but not not much but aren't those mo- the most fun places like it's you so- know if you're sitting on 19 acres and you see a deer you're like yes <laughs> well the thing is it's such a different um learning curve and strategy mm-hmm. you know oh, mine was sure. more tree stand dependent where you've done some spot and stocks i've never yeah. been on a yeah. well kind of last year with my dad's buck but um i've never but we got new property i lost yep. that hunting ground so different uh different perspectives and probably way different learning curve and in our experiences and growing up probably in the same years, it sounds like we yeah. started about the same time. Yep. yep. So definitely super interesting. Yeah. It's a, it's so what a, I thought like, about was cool about when I saw the place too. I'm like, boy, this takes a whole new ball of tricks. You it's know, almost it's a like different. a Kansas type of yeah. hunt. It, it kind of is. And I've kind of learned over the years being such a large piece of property, you know, in the field, they're so big. You, the deer are out in the middle of them. You just can't get to them. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, trying to, hang stands on some of the ditches that are like in the middle i've learned over the years you're just wasting your time because you got to walk through everything to get to them right yeah. right. and you just you might be able to get in like on an evening hunt because the deer will just be bedded you know in this tall crp and stuff and you can walk right by them right 30 mm-hmm. yards away especially when the wind's really blowing they won't even know you're there mm-hmm. but it's another thing getting out of there right you know so now i kind of hunt more of the edges Mm -hmm. than anything fringe animals man talk about deer fringe animals Mm -hmm. um okay 2016 comes around 2016 you're thinking it's just never gonna happen it's just kind of a novelty now pretty much (laughs) it is what it's like john cena's never turned in heel it's just not gonna happen yep so so and you know 2016 this past fall i saw him the first time I saw him was out of the same stand I missed him out of the previous year. And he was way, he was like three quarters of a mile to the north of me. And I just caught a little glimpse of his antlers with the binoculars. And I was like, pretty sure it was him, but I wasn't like a hundred percent sure mm-hmm. but I thought it was. And I got some footage of him and I looked back at it and I was like, yeah, I was like, that's gotta be him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then my, yeah. my cousin hunted with me the next day. And he ended up seeing him, and he goes, man, I'm pretty sure I saw 8 Plus had to be him. He goes, he just had a giant fork. He goes, it looked like just a giant fork sticking out of his head. (laughs) And then, oh, so that was November 10th. And I had, like, earlier, late October. So on the the west side of the farm, there's, like, 40 acres that's still tillable that Mm -hmm. my dad farms with another guy. And I've got a stand over there, and I was coming out of my stand, like, it was, like, October 25th or something like that. And I'm walking through the middle of the cornfield while they spilled a whole bunch of corn <laughs> out in the middle of the field. It was, like, a huge pile. So I went and got my camera and put it on it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it, I, ain't, it ain't baiting if it was an accident. <laughs> and I ended up getting a picture of him. So November 10th, I saw him visibly, got a picture of him on, like, November 12th, I think it was. And then my cousin's like, he's like, hey, you need to put uh, one of your video trail cameras on that pile. He's like, you get some awesome video. So I went and switched it out, put the video one on him. And sure enough, I ended up getting video of him like the next day. Really? Yeah. And that's, well, then he was a big six pointer. Yeah. Yeah. Which is awesome. I think it's almost even cooler. Yeah, I do too. Now, do you, um, do you change stand locations a whole lot or, um, you know, because it kind of sounds like, you know, within a couple of years, the same stands are up. 
Yeah, I mean, I hunt based on the wind, basically. You know, well, whatever he, direction he, the wind's out of. I, is, I think what he's asking is he can't. Or, yeah, move, no. Do you? He can't move stands oh. around a lot. I mean, he can. Yeah, because you do. He doesn't have as many trees, so he's limited to where. Okay. He yeah. Can yeah that, and that's kind of what I was curious about. So, yeah. like a lot of stands that you'll put up, you won't move them too far because of how limited it is. Yeah, I think okay. in the beginning when I was hunting that place, I'd move around and try different stands a lot. But I've kind of learned over the years which spots are the good ones. Sure, and that. I'd you stick that, to them because yeah, you know I, it's what works. Yep. Dial them in. Yeah. Over time. Yep. Okay. So you got him on video. You know he's alive. And you're like, you know what? It's go time. Yeah. So, yeah, that would have been November 10th. I saw him way off in the distance. And then November 12th or whatever is when I got the first picture of him. And then I saw him on the morning of November 12th. I think it was a Saturday. It was a Saturday. Yeah. Yep. And I was sitting in a ground blind kind of on the north end of the property that was somewhat close to where I had the soybean plot a couple of years earlier. And I was, there was thick Indian grass on both sides of me. Indigenous grass. Yeah, indigenous <laughs> grass. <laughs> and it was a really calm morning. I ended up sitting all day that day. And I could hear deer in that, in that grass running around, grunting, chasing, carrying on while he ended up coming out of there and probably 200 yards away from me and i caught just a quick little tiny glimpse of him for like 10 seconds it wasn't even enough time to get the camera on him to get some footage and then he went back in and then that was it that morning <laughs> it's like when's it gonna happen yeah, yeah. Just, it's yeah. in soon <laughs> so are you just he's calling in the reinforcements and i, 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 I had shot a point. nice buck on uh November 3rd, I think it was. So it was like, you know, again, it's eight plus or nothing. Yeah. Chips are all in. I love how he's just like, he's clipping like 160 inch deer while he's going after this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, they're probably, you know, they're probably good sized deer. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously your focus is for the past. <laughs> yeah. Every deer I think I've seen you kill is like not below I mean, one, it, 140 easily. And, and I've all been in that, pushing 150 or more. I've been in that same position where like I was chasing a girl for like seven okay, years. Okay, we don't care about Put that. me in the friend zone. But Steve's been friend zoned all his life. Back to dust. But I feel like 2016 was going to be your year. The way it was shaping up. I'm waiting for him to swing over and yeah. smack you. He's got length. What is your draw length? Shut I, up, actually, Steve. I want to hear the story. Only 28 inches. I'm six one. Yeah. My really? arms. I don't know. If my arms just aren't long, but it's 28. <laughs> I ain't kidding you. Huh. Good yeah. lord. Steve shoots crossbow bolts. Yeah, so that's yeah, just, just like Mark T Rex. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't shoot heavy poundage either. I mean, I'm not a strong upper body guy, so I only shoot like 55 pounds. There's nothing wrong with that, man, yeah. at all. Um, okay, moving right along here with this this big boy. November 12th is over. Done. So yeah, November 12th is over, Ten. and then uh, first season came and went. Mm-hmm. I never did see him during first season i don't think and then second season shotgun so i I sat in this on the opening morning of second shotgun season i sat in the same stand that i sat in on the previous year of second shotgun season and i'm looking i can look towards that thick bedding area to the south and that that ditch so that ditch that i'm talking about where this t is Mm -hmm. the ditch that runs north and south I can see that ditch really good from that stand. Yeah. And probably like an hour into the morning. An eight plus was the only buck I saw that morning. I think I might have seen a doe. 
but he was the only buck that I saw and he came from the north and he came right down the edge of that ditch all the way and I watched him go right past the stand that I shot at him last year and I filmed him the whole time and he goes right past that stand back into that bedding area. (laughs) (laughs) Were you thinking, is there a way that you could get down and hop into that stand without busting him or is it well just... i knew he was gonna go back in there in bed so i'm like yeah it's just I'm, over yep that's okay. where i'm sitting tonight i even texted my buddies i was like i'm i was like i know i'm gonna see him tonight this might be the night that i get a shot at him okay yeah so, so you you have this pin down solid yep so you go to that stand so yeah that that stand like i said in the past i, I had a an access route where I was having to go through some thick stuff. So then I had permission from the neighbor to act, to come in from his side. And that's where I got the canoe right. to get across this ditch. So that's how I accessed it that time. Cause I was like, I'm not taking any risks here. I know this is a bulletproof entry and exit. Mm-hmm. Got in there and I, I got my, my camera, everything all set up and whatnot. And I, you know, I'm thinking back to that hunt in the pre- you know, previous year that he's going to, you know, I'm thinking hey, he's going to come from the same same way. Right. You know, I think he's going to do the same thing. So I, I kind of positioned my my setup in the tree to shoot in that direction. Right. And being that I was filming, I, I set up the camera arm in such a way that was kind of similar to the previous year, how I had it set up. Right. But I had the camera with me this time and I couldn't, you know, with the camera on that on that arm, I just couldn't rest on it and shoot comfortably and like film at the same time uh-huh. so the this tree when you're sitting in it it's a it's a big cottonwood tree and it makes a big y mm-hmm. and the the one y actually sets up pretty good if you take us i took a screwing step and screwed it into that y and i could kind of lean into it to get a rest right but when i did that the camera arm was going to be like completely in the way so i, I took the camera arm and i put it at like just above my shoulder Mm -hmm. and I positioned the camera like right at that spot, you know? So I was like, okay, when I see him, I'm going to have it on record. I'm going to put it on that spot that I shot at him last year on that trail. And you know, thinking it's going to work out the same. So he did, he didn't do that. He came straight. So straight South of me is the bedding area. He came straight at me, like literally right at the stand. Mm -hmm. And this was, this was an hour and a half for the end of legal time. (laughs) When I, when I first saw him coming, coming through the brush and there's only, I have one shooting lane to shoot to the South and it's like 30, 35 yards. And once you get past that, you can't shoot. It's just too thick. Right. But I I could see him coming through that thick stuff and he was coming right at me and I couldn't, you know, being the camera was like, you know, up here above my shoulder, I couldn't get it turned and, and shoot at the same time. So I just said, well, I'm just going to just focus on shooting him. And he ended up coming right, right into that shooting lane, 35 yards, <laughs> angling towards me. And I shoot a Savage 220 shotgun, right. 20 gauge, and shot him. And he took off running down that ditch, running straight east. And he stopped. And I seen him like get down on a knee and go down. And then I lost sight of his his rack. And I thought I thought for sure that I got him. Uh-huh. And of course, you know, I'm texting my buddies and stuff, saying like I'm pretty sure I got him watched him go down and my plan was to to just go home and then come back and we'd just you know do a recovery on him and on film and i i had to go 
if I was to take the same path that I went in, I was damn near going to have to walk right by him. Right. So I, ma- I made a big circle around where I thought he was at to get back to the truck. And I'd actually, I got down and I went to, you know, where he was standing when I shot him and probably followed, you know, the direction that he ran for 40 yards and there was no blood and no hair. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing. So go home, get, get two of my buddies, get my sister and we come back out and, you know, we go to where I shot him and start falling. And I thought, well, he was angling to me. And I was like, if, if I hit him in the shoulder where I thought I hit him, I was like, I might not have got an exit wound. And you know, when you don't get an exit wound and you're sitting out of a tree stand and he's 35 yards, it's a pretty steep angle. Yeah. And we just ended up following the path that he went and came right up on him and there was no blood, nothing. There wasn't <laughs> even any blood where he was laying. Nothing. Nope. All there was was just a little hole right there in his front left shoulder from that 20 gauge slug and there was no no exit wound at all wow yeah, the bullet was right inside of his cavity somewhere. so what's your reaction uh, it was yeah it was pretty pretty crazy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yep. holy crap he's finally dead did you yeah. cry no i, I would have cried no I you should have cried you cry. lied you cried i would have no. No. <laughs> i would have cried i would have been bawling like a little baby man oh sure. man i would have like, yeah, the first thing i would have done was i would have taken a picture for instagram That's so what i would have done <laughs> To the listeners right now, this buck is in the studio at the end of the studio table. It's uh, you have it euroed right now. Mark yep. is mounting it. Yeah. Um, this buck is unreal, and we've talked about this buck's characteristics the whole entire podcast. This thing has beams for days. Mm-hmm. I, you can't really even nothing does it justice. You have to see it in person. Um, what and there's another it, special thing yeah, about this about just, this deer. Um, when Mark was just, sending us pictures, Mark, you tell us about this because yeah, I, I remember just, getting these pictures. I was just gonna say he's got a big old giant skull. Oh. First of all, it's mm. huge. Um, but when I started to skin him out, I started to, you know, Dustin said I want to save the front teeth on the lower jaw to send him in to see how old he is because he assumed he was either nine and a half or ten and a half at that point. So I started to remove the lower jaw from the skull, and I started to cut the tongue area out, and I was like, oh, what is that? And all of a sudden, just this abscess starts pouring out from underneath his tongue. It looked like vanilla pudding. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Green vanilla yeah. pudding. He had a big infection underneath his tongue. St. Patty's Day. And then I started <laughs> getting into looking at his teeth, and they're just almost gone, and there's like three or four teeth in a row that are just well, yeah, his, almost his gone. His lower and, left jaw was missing yeah, teeth and that. Yeah. Since his lower left jaw, if you can grab him, Mark. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I, I kind of noticed that, yeah. His lower left jaw, since it didn't have basically any teeth, his top teeth on the upper left, the top uh-huh. left, didn't have any teeth on the bottom to uh-huh. wear on, like when he's chewing, so you can yeah. see how, oh, it makes wow. that, how it sticks out like yeah. that. That's just nuts, man. Yeah, he literally was, the teeth were literally <laughs> missing on the bottom jaw, and he was down to the bone. And, and the if, gums had just healed over where the teeth were. I mean, the deer was probably missing five, six teeth. Think about how miserable that deer had oh, to have yeah. been. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he would have died this year with Absolutely. that infection? I, I, I mean, granted, he had 10 years. His, granted, when I, when I came up on him, like when me and my buddies came up on him, like we were kind of disappointed in the fact of his body wasn't, as big as we thought yeah but i mean he was worn down from he the was rut. sick though but, I mean, too, his man. overall body condition wasn't horrible i mean i i've seen deer that were in worse body condition than him after really the rut. Mm-hmm. 
But think about like how big he was, how much weight he maybe he had lost from when you saw him in previous years. That infection had to have been taking a toll on him. Uh-huh. Yeah, I cannot imagine what some of these deer live with. I've seen, I've cut yeah. some deer open and seen They're some tough. just, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've seen some. Bait. Well, Trevor well, Schmidt's ten pointer had a. Uh, infection underneath its ear by its cheek that was the size of a baseball. Just green, abscessy pus, scarred yeah. up. That's oh. crazy, man. As yeah. mild as the winter as we've had, it wouldn't have surprised me if he made it. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's yeah, a good that's point, true. too. That is yeah. a good point. Yeah. It was cold, though. Yeah. Like, the last... Yeah. January was real, real cold. Yeah. Make sure you dust the crops with Advil next year. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Take that teeth pain away. Or, yeah, some but, penicillin, too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been doing this since 04, and I've never seen a deer come in with this long a nose to eye measurement yeah it what was, is his eye measurement what'd you yeah, say from the tip of the nose to the front corner of the eye where the caruncular is is eight and a half inches on this deer and i've the biggest ones i've ever got in were eight inches right and i looked in the supply catalogs briefly where i order my forms and they don't even have an eight and a half inch nose to eye that i've That's, found so far <laughs> i'm sure nuts. it's out there but i just haven't looked deep enough yet you and know, I've never seen teeth this worn out on a deer. Do you remember life. what my buck was? My 150 inch eight. He was it, yeah, I think it, I think it was eight, and yep, he was four and a half years old. Yeah, because I remember talking about it. Now I've got some younger deer that have longer nose to eyes, and I get some old deer that I know are old, and they actually have a shorter, you know, seven and three quarter. So it's just a general gauge that you judge them by right but this one i've never had an eight and a quarter i've never had an eight and a half and this one's eight and a half it's insane well the deer he killed earlier with his bow before this was called gnarly charlie and it was a big old giant massive thing and it had the biggest size neck a 26 inch neck Oof. The biggest neck deer I've that, ever taken in. That was November third, so that was, was, he, it, he was in pri- yeah. that was right before you know the rut was really going to oh, kick yeah. off. So he was in right. prime body condition. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we got plenty more stories mm-hmm. to yeah. cover here. And gnarly <laughs> Charlie's a, body was a lot bigger than this one, right? Oh yeah, he was yeah. a pig. He probably field dressed to two twenty five, two twenty. There's uh, sitting at one sixty four outdoors at Ross's shop. There is a monster neck on this deer. Um, it's like right by the bows. If you look, it's that deer that's right off to the left the of the full bows. mount. No, it's not a full mount. It's 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 a it's a shoulder mount. Oh. But you can tell. Like uh, ask ask him about that deer sometime. They, he right. said I think I think it was nuts. I don't want to say what I, number it was because I can't remember. I but, bet the majority of the deer that are big, the, what I call big bucks, four and a half, five and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, mostly five and a half giant neck deer that are swelled up from the rut would yeah. be twenty three inch neck right under the neck tight right. under the chin and this thing was 26 this year was three inches uh, and that's not a circumference then, that's from when the the buck is caped out right well yeah well yeah i measure the actual skin but if the meat was still on there i would measure around the neck right tight right. under the jaw and up behind the ears so yes it is a carcass measurement okay, okay. so this deer's neck if you took a tape measure and went all the way it's around and the circumference is 26 <laughs> all right and next podcast yeah. what do you we need to know what are you feeding these deer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it's the soil it's good black dirt where i hunt so right. that's, not, that's what i'm attributing it to okay this is what it is and because eric's not here illinois has bigger deer than iowa yeah. and it's just I've, the way it is i've never yep. seen a deer deer like that in iowa so yeah there the biggest nose to eye and the biggest neck deer i've ever got in both of them have come from Ooh, Illinois. Hey, let's check the record Dustin. on that yeah well we, there probably isn't a recorded one no. not an accurate recording no probably not but i will say this i gotta thank you for coming and doing the podcast Heck yeah thank you so much yeah. your story is incredible <laughs> thank you for being so polite oh, thanks for inviting me i yeah. just 
How many times did you want to punch Steve, and how many times did you feel like he made a tally? He writes how much I hate Steve, and he's got up to like thirty-five on there. That's why he asked for a piece of paper. That's why he wanted the notepad earlier. (laughs) I didn't even use it. Do you you regret coming to talk to us on the podcast? No, no. (laughs) He won't even make eye contact with me anymore. I would. I don't. He looked away. I can't do it. Um, I I guess we're just going to close it out here. I think uh, you're welcome back whenever you would like for more podcasts. Yeah, I want to come back and talk more about like deer management stuff. Yeah, for sure. We should should do that. There's Um, a thing that we got. I have an idea that we're doing, and uh, it's going to be some sort of roundtable where we're going to have the Mm whitetail boys come in, and we're going to have – we're going to run up to eight mics, and we're going to just get to the nitty-gritty. And I got some – you are now – into the what we call the local <laughs> legends. Yeah. yeah. You, talking about roundtable. Have you ever seen the Drury Brothers roundtable on YouTube? I have not. Huh. Oh, you got to watch it. Huh. They, they, it's the Drury Brothers and then like uh, Iowa DNR, like a conservation oh, officer, really? somebody in the Iowa DNR, and they sit down and talk about deer issues. It's really Do they good. call it the roundtable? Yeah. They okay. Call, well, I think they do. Well, we got to think of a different name. Yeah. Yeah. The we'll do it on the, class on the L- Don't quote me. It's round table. You have to look it up for sure. But the I, L I table. think it is. Well, I'll say that this table isn't even round. The L table podcast. There you go. The L <laughs> yeah. We'll, um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll check that out. What? Bucketorium L table white white tail something like that. the final word okay <laughs> well, anyway we gotta well, get going Dustin, all right guys congratulations on that deer yeah. it is a deer of a lifetime yeah. and you've spent most of your lifetime hunting it so <laughs> it really is yeah. all um, right it's awesome man thanks Dustin we appreciate you the story is incredible thanks everyone for listening go find some shed antlers and then you know what to do go shoot your, shoot bow, your bow and we love you thanks. Spend your Saturdays with life on the water. Join Captain Brandon Simmons for fishing, diving, travel, and so much more. You want to succeed. You want to fish. You want to be one of the greatest. Oh, look at that thing, dude. (laughs) Let's see what kind of trouble we can get into today. Don't miss life on the water. Every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. (laughs) The destination for outdoor entertainment.